Hello and welcome everyone. In today's show, which is episode 10, myself and Gregor are talking to Dwayne Natwick. But firstly, let's catch up on what we've been up to this week. So Gregor, what have you been up to this week? Yep, so this week, work-wise, I have been pretty busy again, looking into data factor pipelines and Azure Synapse. I've also some, done some design documents for some customers. I've had a look at some durable functions. I've also looked into some Azure Redis cache issues that one of our customers has had. And I've also done some database monitoring. Uh, I've also deployed some AKS resources for another customer. So another brilliant weekend in the job and learning lots of stuff. So really, really, really enjoying the job. I love the fact that it's something different every day. Um, so yeah. How about you, Richard? What have you been up to? So this week I've been finishing off my AKS deployment script, which you successfully ran um, today, which was awesome. Um, it was good to see it go through without any issues. So I was really chuffed with that. It was over like a thousand lines of code, so that made me happy. Uh, I've been doing some more designs for customers, um, sort of turning their non-cloud native application in, into a cloud native app to run it in Azure, you know, as cheap as possible, which has been fun. Been learning a bit about Elasticsearch, never touched it before or anything, so that's been really interesting. Um, need to look further into that and figure it out exactly how it all works. Um, but being an IT pro, I've never really touched it apart from like building a server for some developers to install it on. So it's good to get my head around it and understand it. Um, and that's pretty much it really this week. I've uh, been doing a bit of online Christmas shopping because we're still currently in lockdown. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, that's about it. Okay, cool. On the show. So today we are joined by Dwayne Natwick. Dwayne is a cloud training architect lead at Opsgility. He's from Michigan in the United States. So welcome, Dwayne. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Nice to have you on our show. So, Dwayne, let's get started. Uh, give us a brief intro into, into your career. Oh, my career spans. Uh, so, I'll be celebrating my 50th birthday this year, and I've been in IT since I was 13 years old. So, <laughs> wow. so it's a very, int very interesting path because, uh, because my father was in the Bell system uh, in service for a long, long, long time, and he broke off to have his own company when I was a teenager, and uh, and during that time, like you know, I was looking for summer work so i started working in summer times pulling you know pulling cable for phone systems and turned into uh turned into uh coax and twin axe cable for as 400s and uh oh, wow. and things like that so <laughs> so I've, so it spans back a long way and so you know i learned you know learned token ring uh, compute a long time ago started started using twisted pair cable when they first started coming out with token ring balance and uh, and things of that nature. So and then went to college and wasn't planning on staying in IT. And when I got out of college, I ended up not, not being able to find work right away. Went back to work from work for my father full time and then uh, caught on with a uh, a distributor uh, selling telephone telephone and network. Uh, infrastructure and equipment. From there, I became a manufacturer. I was a manufacturer rep for uh, for a company that manufactured you know, patch panels and racks and uh, and various connectivity uh, equipment. Then and you know, 
from there became a sales, you know, sales engineer, project manager, network engineer at times with General Motors for a while, uh, and then built a built with a copier company in uh, a, a, a global copier company. I built the Michigan like network services group out of there out of that there as a as a solution engineer and just from there i was with that company for about 13 years and during that time they bought a cloud hosting company and that's how i kind of started getting into understanding the cloud and understanding you know hosting services with vmware and things like that and just started to gravitate to uh to microsoft azure and started then studying and getting my certifications and that's you know where we are where we are today <laughs> wow that's such a journey that's a, I <laughs> yeah expecting a big that. one yeah it was yeah. a long one <laughs> and, and i still can't believe you, you said you're going to celebrate your 50th birthday you'd look like in your late 30s 40s um so well thank you very I'm much shocked <laughs> <laughs> you learn something new every day um, so, like, I was going to ask how you got started in tech, but you said you sort of fell into it. So what I'm going to ask instead is, when did you find your love and your passion for technology? You know, that that was probably uh, probably when I was so when I was with the distributor, I was actually man I managed the uh, a dis distribution location and the, the whole sales. We had a counter sales location and. And really, that was probably when my love for, uh, you know, when I really started getting a passion for, you know, technology, learning about new technology, and also teaching technology, because we would, our hiring practice was to hire, uh, hire kids right out of college and teach them about, you know, this is a patch panel, and this is a punch block, and this is, uh, you know, this is twisted pair cable, this is Cat5 cabling, and I would teach them from you know from them just being right out of college with like a business management degree i would teach them about the industry and so you know just enjoy just enjoying that educational side of it and myself then wanting to continually get educated for uh, around it you know i started getting you know i started back at back at the time getting i got had bixie certifications for you know for structured cabling and then I got my, you know, then I got my PM, then I went back to school for my master's degree and got my PM, after that got my PMP for project management and my CISSP for uh, infrastructure, for uh, network security. So, uh, so, you know, it just, it just kind of, just kind of snowballed from there. I just wanted to, you know, continually learn about new technology as well as, as well as teach others that technology. I've always had a passion to uh, teach others about it as well, and have always tried to kind of spread the wealth, uh, so to speak. Nice. Um, so, Dwayne, what's what would you say has been your career standout moments up until now? What's been the kind of highlight of your career thus far? Would you say? Um, I, th I you know I think I've had a couple uh, probably, th and I think probably they're both this year. Um, you know, uh, the well. I'll, I'll give three examples. One was when I did get my master's degree in business information technology, because when I, because it was always something for like, even when I got out of college, I looked into getting a master, getting an advanced degree and, uh, and wasn't able to come, wasn't able to do it and complete it. So I went back when my second 
uh, child was a ba- was a baby and and got that and got that complete. The other two would be would be this year getting a uh, being able to get a position as a full time trainer and and developer of of education and then uh, and then getting my MVP award was you know just definitely something that I was you know uh, gives me a whole lot of pride uh, getting that getting that awarded to me as well. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a nice award to receive. Um, you definitely deserve it, makes, it as well. Makes you, it makes you feel good. You know, it just really does. It's, you know, it's the whole community and, you know, Microsoft and everything that you do for the community makes you, you know, it's just showing that, that that's appreciated. Yeah, really gives yeah, you a, a large, well, large, large bit of pride. And I know, I know you guys send your congratulations out every first of the month, just like, and, and I've been trying to, it, it, it seems like that first of the month comes up so quick and I like forget about it until I see, and until I see somebody else's tweet and I'm like, oh yeah. And I'm like, and, and the thing I've been just kind of telling everybody when, when they get that, I'm like, I, I know you feel a great sense of pride and you deserve it because that's, that's just the way, you know, the way that I feel, I felt when I got it, that it just was really, uh, really just an enormous just sense of pride for everything that you know for just being a part of the microsoft community yeah so you just sort of mentioned a bit there about giving advice and that to people what's the best career advice you can give someone starting out today that's a that's a great question and something that you know i i spoke at a uh, at a virtual graduation of a local, like a local trade school back in the spring. And that was like one of the things that I, that I, that I hit on, I hit on my journey and everything like that. But, but the biggest thing that I pointed out to them is to continue, you know, find something that you're passionate about, because if you're passionate about it, uh, it doesn't feel like work. You know, it, it, it feel you know, it feels you get you you get enjoyment out of getting up in the morning you know it it doesn't feel like work it's a career it's a passion and that's what you know that's what i see every day out of uh you know out of the the azure community you know you know most people most everybody that i speak to is so passionate about it and that it that it isn't tedious it's not you know tedious to get up and go to work or to talk about it because we all enjoy it so much. And that's, that's probably, that's the biggest thing about, uh, that I would say to somebody that's, that's looking for a career path, find something you're passionate about and you want to continue to learn about, because obviously, uh, obviously being involved in cloud technologies, uh, there's never a shortage of things to learn about. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Yep. No, I like that as well. So let's talk a little bit about mentoring. Do you mentor anyone currently, or does have you ever had a mentor personally? Uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, yes, I've, you know, not maybe technically, you know, saying, hey, you're my mentor, but I, you know, I try to, you know, as a regional lead for the MCT program, try to help other MCTs along, you know, as they become part of the program. Um, I'm trying to, I've also gotten involved in uh, the speaker mentor. Uh, community as well to help mentor people that want to get into public speaking, um, uh, mentoring others in helping them get to their MVP path. Uh, you know, if they're if they're you know have wanting to get more involved in the community, you know, helping uh, helping from that regard. You know, utilizing my user group to help bring people in and help them to speak more and uh, things of that nature. And I've done that as well in the past. You know, I think it goes 
back again to when I was a distributor manager and teaching college kids, <laughs> uh, you know, I always kind of took that mentorship seriously in terms of, you know, taking pride in them continuing to learn. So seeing others succeed, you know, I'm always trying to do that. You know, I, there's an, uh, uh, somebody that came into the company, uh, my, my previous comp one of my previous companies that, you know, was right out of college and didn't know much about, you know, IT, you know, he, he worked, he worked at the, at the university's, uh, computer, you know, computer support desk while he was in school. That was about what he knew and trying to get him, you know, and I helped mentor him to, uh, in cloud technologies and understanding, you know, uh, host, you know, hosting and, you know, different, uh, different, you know, how, how networks and things go together. So I've always tried to find, you know, kind of those junior junior level people and, and try and help them along as I can as well. So, you know, I don't, I haven't really said that I've taken on like a personal mentor, so to speak, but I, I'm always trying to, to bring people along and help them, help them grow. I find that's the best way because that way you can help more people rather than mm -hmm. just one person. And that's what I like to do as well. So, you mentioned token ring networks earlier and i'm gonna to have to come back to this because like when i was starting up in it the, the school i went to had token ring network and there's so many it horror stories because of this network so <laughs> you must have at least one and i'd love to hear it um yeah because a lot of times um you know one of one of the key uh companies that sub that always subcontract contracted my dad uh, and and me were was was a guy who did a lot of work for insurance companies, and he he did all the AS four hundred you know programming work, and when they wanted to get those environments upgraded and things like that, we would have to, we would go in and we would run the coax cable or the twin x cable, so, and a lot of times these were like Saturday. <laughs> type jobs so obviously when you're working on a saturday you want uh, especially when you're you know when you're in your early 20s you want to get out of there you you know you want to catch you know catch the football game uh, catch the football games or whatever whatever you got going going on and get out go out with your friends and things like that so uh so there, there always seemed to be that one connector that the solder the solder plug for the pin did not did not seed properly, or we didn't crimp the uh, crimp the um, the barrel properly, and the biggest thing with the token ring network versus a uh, a, a uh, hub and spoke type network is that if one connector's out, they're all out. So so you have to go through and you're you're troubleshooting and changing cord changing cables out all the way down the line to see okay you're unplugging and you're and you're uh putting an end you know putting a terminator on one end to see okay this one comes up go on to the next one <laughs> then you got to go on you know as you get those up and then you find where the where the one is that fails before you crimp it so uh those are very those are uh really fun when you're in especially a bigger office you know if it's five to ten computers that's not too bad but but we had somewhere they were like 30 or 40 computers in a <laughs> in a string and those were never fun <laughs> uh, many pranks were had at school with the networks. <laughs> oh, oh that's <laughs> fun yeah can imagine I wish I, I wish I knew what you're talking about but <laughs> 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 I won't <move> on. <laughs> 
So anyway, that's because that's because that's because you're only like 25, Gregor, right? No, so you, I, don't, I, you don't know that. I'm 24. <laughs> <laughs> so Dwayne, you've given a lot of training. Tell us about the training that you give in your current role, and and do you enjoy giving training still? I I love I love giving training. I love to uh, to teach on. Yeah, uh, probably my my two favorite courses around the Azure side are the are the Azure Security Engineer and the uh, uh, Azure Admin uh, courses because uh, just just because of the broad the broad base and just and when you talk about passion, probably the two things that I'm most passionate about is security as well as uh, as well as because my background obviously with running and c wiring networks, I have. You know, networking. I'm pretty, uh, pretty comfortable with. So talking about networks and you know all you know VNets and things like that, I'm very comfortable with. But uh, but yeah, I really enjoy the training and the training that we provide at Opsgility is really fun because because we build our own labs uh, and and have our own lab environment that we that we provide to our students when they when they do an instructor led course. So so when we're doing a training. It's not just walk. It's not just walkthroughs and demos. We we send uh, you know I'll send them out you know into a uh, into a sandbox environment where they're actually in the Azure environment and and uh, and executing what we just talked about you know for the last hour and lecture. So uh, so it's really fun there too. And from that learning standpoint as well, uh, you know all of you know myself and the other cloud training architects write those labs you know and we we may take take some things away from and utilize a little bit of the microsoft learn uh, labs that are in github but we we make them there we make them our own as well where we you know where we will tweak them we'll put uh put some richer content in there and uh and prov and those are the labs that the students are doing as well so so you get a great sense of pride when you when you're doing a course that hey you know what the the what they're executing as well and what they're learning on is something that I built also. That's cool. I remember using Opsgility back in the um, seventy five three five days, which was one of the original Azure exams. I think it was five three five, um, and yeah, they were really good. I, I enjoyed the labs back in them days. Um, so talking about training, you're an MCT regional lead. What is yes. that? And yeah. How did you get involved in it? And yeah, just tell us a bit about the MCT program as a whole as well. Yeah, so you know the MCT program is the Microsoft Certified Trainer program. So it's you know to get into that program, you have to have you know a qualifying certification within uh, within Microsoft. You know it could be Microsoft 365, it could be Dynamics, could be could be some of the Office certifications as well as well as Azure. Azure is what got me into it uh, originally, um, and you know the. The regional lead program is really you. Uh, you kind of are that that mentor to other MCTs and kind of that point of contact between uh, between Microsoft Worldwide Learning and the and the other MCTs, you know, out in the field to help them understand, you know, you know where to get the resources, you know, let them know about, uh, you know, about town halls that are coming up, changes in program, things like that. We generally get some of that, uh, you know, before it goes out to the public and things like that. To, you know, I, I kind of stumbled into getting the regional lead. I, you know, I hadn't been a regional, hadn't been an MCT for that long. And I joined, you know, the, uh, the LinkedIn group and the Facebook group 
and uh, and one of the other MCT regional leads sent out, you know, a uh, a form to uh, you know to complete to volunteer to be a regional lead, and I was I was chosen uh, chosen last year uh, to be one. And you serve a two year serve a two year term initially, uh, and then you know I'll, like sometime next year I'll have to have to re uh, reapply. But uh, but it's been really it's been really fun. You know it's you know before getting getting the MVP, it was kind of that first that first step into kind of into Microsoft and getting more. Uh, getting access to more information, uh, you know, up front. And it's really helpful to me with my organization and, uh, you know, providing training to help with my, uh, with my intern, you know, my, the internal guys that, uh, that are the MCTs to help give them information and share information with them and kind of mentored one of the guys that wasn't an MCT yet, just, just within the last week or two getting his MCT. So, but it's, you know, it's a good, good program. You know, you have access to, you know, you, it's very, very similar to, from an MVP standpoint of having, you know, having a different level of access and being able to help others uh, again with, you know, with the program and, you know, understanding the program, especially when they, and I've been helping a lot of new MCTs as they come into uh, on how they, you know, what, what they're, what's, what's they have access to and what some of the good resources are that are out there that, that it's not really, really obvious necessarily right off the bat. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. So Azure back to school. So you recently yes. ran this online event for the, the entire month of September, I think it was. Tell yes, us a little was. bit about that and how much fun is it organizing that every year? That I mean that was really fun and I got the inspiration from uh from the two of you with the Azure Advent calendar last year, which was kind of what got me started in in getting connected with the community and getting to know you guys and getting to know others within, you know, within the Azure community. And, you know, I did that, did that with you guys and then did Joe Carlisle's Azure spring clean, uh, in February and just kind of came up with an idea of, you know, what, uh, you know, I'm not seeing anything else going on that's similar between, you know, between February and when you guys might do your next thing for, uh, for, the December timeframe, I'm like, you know what, you know, uh, and I thought of it, I, I didn't think of it in the fact that uh, a lot of, you know, European schools are kind of in that year round standpoint, but September is kind of a back to school kind of feeling within, uh, within the United States and kind of thought, Hey, that's a good idea. You know, let's do, you know, a month long of learning and just call it Azure back to school. So that's where I kind of got, kind of got the idea, kind of put it along with that course you know back to school took on a very different uh different aspect with most of the schools in the united states uh at least in michigan being virtual uh, uh virtual or hybrid or all sorts of different things they're all virtual right now right now in michigan so uh so it took on a very different aspect from the time that i came up with the idea and uh and when it actually uh actually got to september but uh, but it was fun. It was, it, I mean, I enjoyed doing it. It was really cool. You know, I met some new people within the community that wanted to be involved that I didn't, hadn't uh, interacted with so much. Uh, and everybody was more than willing uh, to, uh, you know, to reach out and provide their content as, as I've found as usual with, uh, with the Azure community and Microsoft community. Yes, definitely. Yeah. An amazing community. People just sort of come together and help each other out and give the content. 
uh, I enjoyed giving content to your uh, back to school about my little AKS blog post, so that was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and talking about giving content, I hear you're taking part in the festive tech calendar this year. So uh, could you sort of give us a little bit about what, without giving anything away, sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Sell it, but like, don't oversell it. Don't give, tell anyone it, what it is. Give, it, give, give the teaser. Give the teaser. Yeah, the teaser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Oh, I, I had fun with this one. Uh, it was just something that came to me one day. I had already put uh, in two potential, uh, potential offerings to you guys on there, but they were kind of dry. And I was trying to think of something with a little bit more pizzazz uh, for, for you guys just to do something a little bit, little bit different, maybe a little off the cuff. So, uh, so I thought of, uh, you know, an adaptation of a familiar Christmas song uh to uh to utilize and uh had a little bit of fun with it as uh i know you guys have seen the sneak preview of it so <laughs> so hopefully everybody enjoys it <laughs> i certainly enjoyed it <laughs> Me too. My, my yeah just to give it my, my wife thinks it's going to be uh it's going to go viral and everybody's gonna and, and, <laughs> and, and i'm gonna be a, a com a comic re routine <laughs> that doesn't give too much away but <laughs> Yeah, I think you've got a few children in other areas doing. <laughs> and my and my daughter and my daughter who does uh, does like uh, competitive uh, competitive singing and and theater was very embarrassed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's cool. So, Dwayne, um, what do you get up to in your spare time? And do you actually have any spare time? What do you kind of do? With you? I enjoy sports, uh, so I'll uh, you know I you know with the exception of like the six months during uh during every, everything being locked down uh you know my wife tends to joke that there's always sports on the television so that's usually what what i do in my free time is i watch sports or listen to music um and uh and, and i you know a lot of times i am studying something you know, or looking at something you know looking at social media trying to learn things but uh i've taking a break from that the last few months just because of all the all the stress and pressure of of uh you know of online schooling with the kids and and even my wife's a teacher so uh so on the you know from that standpoint it's been a little bit stressful so i just kind of been just spending more time just with you know with the family and just hanging out you know hanging out we spent a lot of time we uh did some uh did some renovations to our to our deck situation for outside over the summertime, which was really nice. We put, you know, put some, put some nice furniture out there. So me and my wife spent a lot of time out there during the summertime while it was warm and just enjoying, enjoying the outside a little bit, a little bit more while we were locked in the house and not going out to eat and things like that. Sounds really nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do like a bit of DIY myself uh, this evening. I've been putting a dishwasher in. So yeah. Oh, that <laughs> Yeah, I don't do that much DIY. I'm not that I'm not that handy. We're we are we are trying. We had to take the that furniture and bring it into the garage last weekend. So we've got a dumpster in our in our in our driveway right now to get uh, get the garage cleaned out to so we could fit that in. And now I got to get my wife's car back in there. <laughs> uh, was that because the weather is changing, ready for Christmas? Is it going to like be yep. snowing over there soon, or do you get snow? Uh, yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Michigan definitely gets snow, and sometimes earlier than other. We had we actually had a flurry Monday night uh, that actually was cold enough that 
it like gave just a little little white dusting over over the cars and things like that but uh uh you know but we've we've had we've had white thanksgiving we've got thanksgiving coming up next week us thanksgiving and we've had white thanksgivings before so uh so that's why we were making sure we were getting that getting that furniture off of the uh, off the deck before it uh, before the weather changed too much but we also had 70 degree weather just over a week ago and then it dropped to like 30 the next day so uh so it's uh we the the joke in michigan is if you don't like the weather just wait 30 minutes <laughs> but we do get all the seasons here sometimes all in one day that's one of the jokes that we could have all seasons in one day in michigan <laughs> cool uh yeah um seasons yeah we don't get many well we in england it's just rain pretty much all the time so <laughs> not as lucky as you it would be nice to have a bit of snow. Um, so I think we've got a couple more questions for you. Uh, the first one is going to be, uh, what's the what's your favourite place you've ever been in the world? It could be local, it could be anywhere, but something that not many people have heard of. Yeah, um, I'm not, I haven't been a big traveller. I haven't been, unfortunately, the, the furthest I've been outside of the United States has been Canada. Uh, so... Um, Oh, well, actually, I have been to the uh, the Cayman Islands. I, my wife and I did go there and as a as an award for uh, as a uh, for being the top uh, the top network services uh, location. Uh, my company sent me to Cayman Islands. I happily happened to fall, fall on our 10th anniversary. So uh, so uh, that was probably one of the most beautiful places we've ever been. You know, it. Uh, we enjoyed the the clear water. You could see down to the bottom of the, you know, it wasn't murky water or anything. Uh, so it was, uh, that was fun, uh, you know, and, and getting, and it was the closest, you know, to the equator we've ever been. So we didn't realize, and we both got pretty toasted the first, <laughs> <laughs> first day that we were there. But, uh, uh, but uh, we, but we had, we had a good time. It was, it was you know, like we had, you know, our kids were fairly young at the time. So it was, it was the first time we'd really taken a trip without them. So, so we had a good time with that. Um, some of the places like that we, um, that we enjoy going to locally is, um, is Michigan has, has some great places. Just if you go that you can go just four or five hours North within Michigan and, and you get a lot of great nature and, uh, and, um, you know, under, you know, undeveloped areas where you can go. And, you know, one of the places we went, took the kids a couple of years ago was, uh, was Mackinac Island, which is a popular, it's, it's like a hundred year old resort town, essentially. It's an, and it's an island that's just, you have to have ferry to it. There's no bridge to it or anything like that. So, uh, so we went there a couple summers ago and, uh, and also enjoyed, you know, some of the, the cool places up in the, uh, up in what, what they call in Michigan, the, uh, the upper peninsula, which, so there's, there's two sections of Michigan. There's the, there's the, if you look at a, a U.S. map, there's the mitten, which, you know, Michigan, Michigan, uh, the lower part of Michigan looks like, it looks like a mitten and everybody points to their hand when they want to tell you where they're from in Michigan. And then there's the upper peninsula where you have to go across the bridge, which, uh, which is, uh, which is much more, uh, you know, under undeveloped so you've got lots of woodsy areas you've got you know we went to uh we went, went to a, a grizzly bear farm <laughs> uh we went to 
you know, uh, these, uh, these hot springs that were up there, you know, some water, you know, some natural waterfalls as well as the, as well as the Mackinac Island. So, the, you know, the, you know, just getting into, you know, taking the kids to, you know, to different places like that, where they can, you can explore different things and different things in nature that, uh, that you don't get, you know, living around a metropolitan area like, like Detroit, Michigan. Sounds nice. Sounds nice. Both parts, the Cayman Islands and Michigan. Yeah. Yep. Places I'd like to go. Um, okay. So last question we have, we ask this to everyone. So if you could pick someone who you, someone that you know, who isn't well known to other kind of people, um, and it'd be amazing to get on a podcast, who would you choose and why? Oh, that's a tough, that's a really tough question. <laughs> uh, everyone says that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I would love to get you know a celebrity on on here, like you know, uh, you know, like Tiger Woods or you know, I know I know you're a big golfer, Gregor. Yeah, and, you know, that, that, some... would, that would be good. <laughs> Not sure about that one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like Tiger Woods or or you know one of my you know or like like Sammy Hagar or somebody like that from a you know from mu- from music side of things. Uh, it would be cool to it would be cool to talk to people like you know somebody like that just to understand you know what makes them tick you know something that's amazing amazing to me about uh about Sammy Hagar is the guy sounds like he's tw- like he's still 21 when he sings yet he's yet he's in his 70s so it's like amazing to you know just listen to him perform still live and things like that so i just love to and the things that he's done from a you know, from a business standpoint to, you know, uh, you know, has his, you know, to making his own tequila and rum and things like that. I'd love to kind of just pick his brain on, on things. It would be kind of cool. <laughs> that, does, that does sound kind of cool. Yeah, cool. Nice one. So uh, that's all we have time for today. Huge big thank you for coming on today's show, Dwayne. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been awesome having you on. No, it's been great. Everyone... Great being here. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, anytime. You're more than welcome to come back anytime. I hope everyone enjoyed uh, this episode and we look forward to bringing you more episodes like this one. Thanks again. Bye.